0: What's up everyone? I'm Doug Kide. Welcome to Pat's Chat, joined as always by Mike Hurley. Mike, I'm sick. How are you doing?
1: Uh better than you, it sounds sounds like. So that's good for me.
0: Yeah, hopefully I don't you. look like complete death. Decided to wear the hat today. Um, mm. you know, did you get a haircut?
1: I did. It was a little messy, so we had to trim it up. But yeah, if you put the hat on that coffee yours, you know it's a bad day. So I'm sorry to that's hear very that.
0: True. Very true. It's been rough, but I'm I'm here. You're gonna probably do a lot of heavy lifting on this. But uh there's some news do you remember.
1: Do you remember at yes. the Super Bowl when the same security woman uh flirted with both of us? Her I name do. was like Cynthia or Teresa or something. <laughs> I felt like a million bucks until I saw your tweet and I was like, Man, she must be she must just be a flirty lady, but
0: Yeah, she must just say oh, that was, to everyone, I guess. But sorry, was the first
1: Super Bowl I snuck into.
0: You, first oh. of many. Oh. Wow. Which one was that? Was that uh That was fifty one? Houston. Yes. Is it memory? We have one? a problem.
1: That's what they say. Mm-hmm. Anyways, That's we what, are uh, doing Duncan a said. a special Bruins centric podcast for Patch Chat today. I think Jim Montgomery and
0: Linus Allmark
1: uh in the
0: Boston Bruins, right? Yeah, take it away. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, I think we're gonna talk about some offensive coordinator candidates. We did not have this full list the last time that we did our our program, so we talked a lot about Bill O'Brien. But there's been some names added to the list. I'm just going to reel them off here. Nick Cayley, we talked about him a lot on last week's show or this week's show. Uh, Patriot side-ends coach, he's interviewing. Keenan McArdle, uh, Vikings wide receivers coach, former Jaguars great. Adrian Clem, Oregon associate head coach, run game coordinator, O-line coach. Uh, also a former Patriots draft pick, Bill Belichick's first draft pick with the Patriots, Sean mm-hmm. Jefferson, mm-hmm. Cardinals associate head coach slash wide receivers coach, uh, former Patriots great, and then Bill O'Brien. Um, so those are the five that we know about right now.
1: I, I'm going to hit you with a question. I'm going to start with you with the question. Most surprising, perfect. most surprising name for you.
0: I that was one of the questions on my mind as well. The most surprising one to me is, I mean, I. I guess to some degree it might be Nick Kaylee, just because (laughs) like this didn't happen last year. So what would prompt them to interview him to be the offensive coordinator this year after he was the tight ends coach and behind Matt Patricia and Joe judge. And at no point last season, at least from what we know of, did they make a change to give Nick Kaylee, you know, like more power or leadership or whatever within the organization. Uh, So
1: it was too hard to do that. It was was, just too hard. Just too hard.
0: Um, So to some degree, I think I would say Nick Kaylee. beyond him, like, maybe Adrian Clem like but I mean honestly everyone other than Bill O'Brien is kind of a surprise because Sean Jefferson and Keenan Ricardo like I have faith that they could be offensive coordinators but they're around what they're like 50 something around there probably um, they've never yeah. called offensive plays They're they've primarily been wide receiver coaches in the NFL so um, it would be kind of a, a leap for them to become offensive coordinators but certainly would be interested to see what that would look like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was Adrian Clem, uh, given that I haven't thought about Adrian Clem in about 20 years. Uh, he is sort of a trivia answer to who yeah. did the Patriots select with their first pick in 2004 or five picks before they took Tom Brady. So he is yeah. uh, only really known for that. So I, I think that's a surprise. I did get to think it. I didn't think of this until after, but I did sit through hard knocks a couple episodes of the Cardinals hard knocks where yeah. Sean Jefferson was a coach and I quoted him in a story where it was talking about how the Cardinals didn't get the memo that the Patriots aren't the Patriots anymore. And they acted like they're still great and, and potent, but uh, Sean Jefferson was telling his players and he was the associate head coach there. So he had some, or it still is, but he, I don't know. I don't know how that works when you don't have a head coach, but point is, uh, he had this quote to his players I played with Bill Belichick before. This bleep is real with them. They're the best I've ever bleeping been around when it comes to preparing their team and taking away what we do well. So it's like, did that catch the Patriots' eye or Bill Belichick's eye when a, a fellow coach? Obviously, the Patriots watch and try to gain as much intel as everything. So I'm sure the, I'm not sure Bill was sitting there watching Amazon Prime, but if it was brought to his attention, I'm sure he liked seeing that. Scene where all the Cardinals coaches talked about how great the Patriots are and all that and the coaching, so that 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 might make sense as someone who popped on their radar just from something as simple as that. I don't know. Um, so so Clem is the most surprising, but I, I put McCardell and and Jefferson both in there because again, while we were laying people laying possibilities out, and a lot of the writers you, right. you dropped five last week, a lot of writers were doing ten. Uh, nobody had Clem. I'm not sure who had McCardell or um, Jefferson either.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've heard good things about Sean Jefferson over the years, but you know, but I think that this is unfortunately what happens to minority coaches sometimes is that you just kind of get buried as a position coach and for McCardell and uh, for Sean Jefferson, they're obviously such good wide receivers. It's like, all right, well, if they're great with wide receivers, let's just keep them with wide receivers. So I think it's, good that the patriots are bringing them in to bring adrian clem in um like as offensive coordinator candidates because maybe that will force other people to kind of take notice as well it does ultimately all feel like this is going to come back to bill o'brien as i mentioned on last week's show so i think my question about some of the candidates the patriots are bringing in is like is there a possibility that any of these guys could join the staff in some other form and i think that that would require one of these coaches to be, you know, to have his contract up, basically. I guess Adrian Clem could probably come over from Oregon without an issue. Um, Maybe he could join on as an offensive line coach, have some other power within the organization. Um, Or, like, maybe at some point Jefferson or McArdle could come over um, as either wide receivers coaches or quarterbacks coaches, whatever it would be. Um, But, yeah, I, I think that this is kind of a unique opportunity for Bill Belichick and his staff to talk to coaches that they wouldn't usually get to talk to um, in this kind of in this way.
1: Yeah. And there's going to be a ton of movement league wide. Now there's 10 OC openings, which is kind of insane, Mm -hmm. which kind of doesn't kind of it. It really adds some urgency. If Bill, Bill O'Brien is their man, they better do it quickly because all it takes is one phone call and one conversation. You know, what if, what if he loves Lamar Jackson and and Baltimore opens up? What if, I mean, Baltimore did open up? What if they make a phone call? So not that I think Bill O'Brien in Baltimore makes sense, but you get the point right. that there's going to be a lot of competition for that. And then as for these guys joining the staff, like how does it work in Arizona with Kingsbury well, fired yeah. and, and guys like that? You saw the uh, Miami dismantle its defensive staff. You saw Tampa dismantle both sides of the ball. Tampa, no, this is not a Tampa Bay podcast, but firing every coach and keeping Todd Bowles explains why that has been the most loser organization for 98% of its history except for two seasons. yeah. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But I think the point is there's going to be a lot of movement and there might be a lot of guys making what we might have considered lateral moves because situations change and things like that. Now, granted, I don't think Keenan McCardell is going to leave Minnesota with a, a new head coach there with the best I mean, young Sean, receiver in the – Yeah, no, yeah, yeah
0: McCardell, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I don't think he's yeah. going to leave Minnesota, right. which is a good no. situation for him. Whereas right. – a guy like you know, you never know if a guy's happy in his job. I guess there's a chance he hates it in Minnesota and hates the state right. of Minnesota and hates the Mall of America and <laughs> everything that Minnesota stands for. It's the state of hockey, so if he maybe he hates being around hockey, I don't know. So you never know that. But outside of that, I could see someone like Sean Jefferson easily making a switch somewhere, and, and it could be here if he likes what he hears. I don't know. What does it mean for Troy yeah. Brown
0: though? I mean, I, I like, but. I guess there's a possibility that he could become like quarterbacks coach instead or like to mm, coach yeah. some other position or something yeah. or to be like a passing game coordinator. I don't know if the Patriots are ever going to be open to having roles like that within their organization, but other teams do it. Other successful teams have run game coordinators and passing game coordinators. So like, I think that maybe that would be a possibility and yeah, I don't know. I mean, are the Patriots happy with the way Troy, like I just have no idea, but yeah, with, with Sean Jefferson in Arizona, I think that if he's still under contract with Arizona, then it would basically be up to the new head coach about whether to keep him on or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and but
1: that could be four weeks from now. That's right. that's tricky. It, yeah. I mean, you're at the mercy of Arizona's coaching search and right. GM search. So there's, I would have to think business-wise you've got to let all those assistants go if it comes to that.
0: Right, like, if they have other opportunities, because otherwise, yeah, someone like um, Sean Jefferson could get kind of screwed in that regard and, like, not have a job this season or something. So, yeah, it's certainly possible. um, But I don't know. I think that that's ultimately one of my takeaways from this, is that the Patriots, like, even if these guys don't necessarily join the staff as offensive coordinator, then there's still the opportunity for them to join the staff in some other way. Um, And Jefferson's kind of an interesting coach just because he has – Kind of bounced around a lot as a coach. He was with the Lions, with the Titans, with the Dolphins, with the Jets, with the Cardinals. Like, I don't know if he's necessarily just stuck with one specific system throughout his coaching career. So he's a guy where, like, I don't know, I like if it's Brian Flores or something like that, they get hired by the Cardinals as their head coach. Like, you might just want to keep that. You might just want to, like, keep him on staff. But I don't know. Like you said, that could be four weeks down the line or they can make a, head coaching hire tomorrow and then right. i don't know it's it all just kind of depends on the patriots are on the, the the whim of the cardinals decision making but um obviously we talked a lot about kaylee on like the episode earlier this week i did have one final thought on that i tweeted out and it's not that dissimilar from things i was saying on this week's podcast and that's just that like patriots went through this are going through this coordinator search and the only thing that I can really think of is like why didn't they do this last year? <laughs> like mm. like if if they're gonna go through this and like bring in people from outside the organization and everything and like I've seen the popular answer be, well, the Patriots probably just wanted Bill O'Brien, knew that he wasn't gonna be like actually available until this year. Um, so that's why they waited until this year to go through the coordinator search because they wanted Bill O'Brien. But like that is assuming, like, I don't know, that's, like, Bill uh, Bill Belichick, like, is that him admitting that last year was just, like, a wash? Was it, like, was the, was yeah. the goal to not try last year? I, I don't really understand that. Like, wouldn't you want to at least bring in someone or promote Nick Haley or, like, do something else rather than just the, bring on Matt Patricia and Joe Judge? Like, why not go through some sort of a search last year? I don't know.
1: And we talked about that the other day. And the reason I think there is some believability to it is because I swear, I don't know, what is this, our 12th podcast? We've brought up this line 10 times, the blame me. It was sort of a preemptive announcement that it was going to suck. It was sort of an admission <laughs> right. that this idea is has a high chance of failure. And when that time comes, just know it was my decision, which doesn't make sense. It, it's it's the NFL. You never punt on a season. I've never seen any team at any point except for the Colts when Peyton Manning was hurt. I, I guess we could point to some tanking years, so that's overstating it. But when you are a competitive team that's coming off a playoff position that has right. a young rookie quarterback and has room to build, I've never seen a team just say, eh, you know what, this year's okay, but next year's when we're really hit it, kicking it in overdrive. That's strange, especially... Coming off the 2021 season where you spent a billion dollars in free agency to to go into the next year and sort of say eh, we can't get our guy until next year I don't think Bill O'Brien is that sort of savior to make wasting a whole season worthwhile
0: and unless there was some agreement that we weren't aware of like there was no guarantee that they could like bring on Bill O'Brien we've talked about it a million times there's a lot of coaching opportunities out there and like there's still no guarantee Bill right and if Bill O'Brien had like lit it up, as the Alabama offensive coordinator this year, like there could have even been the possibility that he could get like a head coaching job somewhere or something. No, 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 no,
1: you're missing it. That was the plan was for O'Brien to have sort of a meh season. Like, yeah, the quarterback (laughs) might be a Heisman candidate. We may be, you know, in the mix for the playoffs, but not, we're not going to push it too far because we got new England lined up the year later. It's, it's all, it's all a big chess game and we are just mere
0: spectators. And we are mere pawns. Um, other than O'Brien, is there one person on that list of candidates who, you know, like intrigues you more than any other?
1: Well, I don't know what kind of OCs those guys would be based on.
0: That's what's tough. Yeah, their
1: their lack of coordinator. So I would answer that question by saying the interview that intrigues me the most would be Nick Cayley's. because hold on, I'm going to do this because this glare is just I just got to sit taller. That's all. Uh, Nick Cayley's interview. So let's say they sit him down and say, Nick, how are you? And he's like, I'm fine, I guess. Um, And they say, well, what is something about our offense last year that was poor in your estimation (laughs) that you – and what would you do better? And, you know, what if if Matt Patricia is sitting there? And what do you say? And granted, at that point, you're Nick Haley. Your contract's up, according to reports. You got dismissed last year to the point – of being buried behind two guys that couldn't do it and never getting that chance, despite that being evident pretty quickly. And you got to sit, I think you just got to do like a screw it. Let's let it rip. Let's uh, let's put it all in the open. I think that would be a captivating interview for a guy that it's just to your point, to what you said, I said it too. I wrote a whole story about it. It was why do it now? Why, but unless it's just sort of a favor to boost the profile, to add another OC interview Mm -hmm. to Nick Haley's, list of experiences, or if it was a response to the Jets interviewing, so like, well, we should, it would be a bad look if he just left and we didn't even consider him. So maybe it was just sort of perfunctory. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word. That's many syllables, but it seems like the right word. It's a great, just sort of going through the motions and and just a, a formality on both sides. But I bet that had to have some strange conversations because for all that he could rip about last year, he still was on the offensive coaching staff and was still in the offensive meetings and still answers to Bill Belichick and still may answer to Matt Patricia. So that that's the most intriguing from the list of people that came in, because frankly, I I don't know how to project how those other guys might be as, as play callers, as, as offensive minds.
0: Yeah, because I mean, Adrian Clem, um, I was kind of looking through his, his history as a coach and, I wasn't really sure how things ended with him and the Steelers because he spent 2019-2020 as assistant offensive line coach, 2021 as offensive line coach, and then he left the team for yes. the remaining two games of last year to become Oregon's associate head coach, run game coordinator, and offensive line coach. Like, that in itself, obviously, it's it's ultimately a good thing that he wasn't, like, fired by the Steelers, but um, it's like, I know he, he had the associate head coach and run game coordinator titles, but going, like, from the NFL to college and, like, having a better title is still kind of a lateral move there. So that, I don't know. At least he, he's the run game coordinator with Oregon. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. Like, I also don't think that it's an – I think that Patriots fans probably want Bill O'Brien the most. But I also don't think that there's a name on this list where, like, Patriots fans would flip out if they hired – Adrian Klam or Sean Jefferson, or Keaton McArdle. I guess like... Well, I would say this. After if Nick Cayley was hired as OC?
1: I think after last year, going in with guys that have never held a job at this level, the held the, the job of OC at this level, I think most people, and I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like there's a need to be like, just have someone who's done it before just someone yeah. who's been an offensive coordinator. And I think O'Brien fits the bill for a lot of reasons. I don't think he's a savior. I don't think he is some brilliant offensive mind, but he's very good and very experienced. And it's similar to the case I made for Kingsbury where head coaching's hard. There's a lot of different responsibilities. Your head's going 20 different ways, perhaps just as an offensive coordinator, just running that side of the ball, owning the offense O'Brien is the most capable and those other guys yeah. I think there would be some alarm not because of them individually on their merits just because of what the Patriots are coming off of of a year with two guys that never did it and Belichick saying well we're going to do it and everyone being like this is a bad idea Bill you shouldn't do it and be like yeah well um, it's happening and we're not changing it and that's that so I-, I would say that is the biggest concern with guys that haven't been OCs
0: yeah I mean at least they've come up through the ranks on offense but I, I guess that's the other question is that I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't bring in other coaches who have offensive coordinator experience like that they didn't bring right. in I don't even know who some of the names out there are at this point but like like Daryl bevel or like you yeah. know, well, Brian like bev, those types of bev guys. in New England
1: that one well, no work.
0: like but just like those types of what about guys Greg Roman are, that's
1: that's that's a more new one I mean the you saw the Giants one. benefit from Link Martindale leaving. Know. Baltimore. know. maybe maybe the Patriots could jump on the other side of the ball. I, I don't know. Do you think Greg Roman called the up and over the line play from the two yard line for Huntley? Because if so, I think, pass. Didn't Huntley but, say
0: didn't Huntley say that he was supposed to go low, and he decided on his own to go high? <laughs> so I would hope so. From like the two yard line. Um, I I don't think that Greg Roman is necessary to bring in here. Um, okay. Or like Joe Lombardi, but like I. So that leads me to thinking to some degree. And I, I don't want to, I don't know. I, I think it's it's a pretty big accusation to say that, like, the Patriots are just, like, bringing in these guys when they just want to hire Bill O'Brien anyway. That's, like, kind of what it looks like on the surface. But I, I would say that, like, the fact that they're not bringing in guys who have offensive coordinator experience other than Bill O'Brien makes you think at least a little bit that it's kind of like going through the motions before they hire Bill O'Brien
1: seemed that way especially when the reports were like oh O'Brien's still out scouting he still has to perform his his tasks for his Alabama job before his contract ends in February or whatever that felt like a I don't want to say a cover because like you're saying you're accusing things of being like a fate accompli yeah. that's French that's French uh for you um but with all of the reporting being like yeah it's Bill Bill O'Brien most likely that it is kind of hard to feel otherwise but at the same time they We'll need to hire a staff and some guys will want to move and some guys you never know what opportunities will come up and not come up. So I understand the the, the need to do a fuller search and maybe that is why they targeted guys that don't have OC experience right. because they're not really looking for an OC.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, they already <laughs> kind of know who the OC is. But I would say that and if they're able to get Bill O'Brien as as the OC bring Adrian Clem on as offensive line coach and then like have Sean Jefferson join the staff in, in some sort of um, you know, some sort of way the the coaching staff already looks 10 times better than it did last year. Like just based on experience alone. And I know yeah. we've talked about this before, but it's like, it, it's not only the fact that Patricia and Judge didn't have experience on the offensive side of the ball. They had an NFL safety, like an Alabama safety coaching running backs last year, Vinny Sanceri, like didn't play running back. I, you might have done it in high school or something, but like, he was a safety in the NFL. He was a safety at Alabama, and then he's coaching running backs. Ross, Douglas, if you know
1: football, you know football. We learned that.
0: <laughs> Ross Douglas was a defensive back in college, and then he's coaching wide receivers. Like Troy Brown, yes, he had a lot of experience playing wide receiver, but even Troy Brown, like, a relatively new to coaching. When did you join the staff? Like 2019, something like that? 2020, 2019?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it was 2019.
0: So yeah. not a lot of but experience But as like an assistant. There. Right. Um, and then Billy Yates, not a ton of experience. He was on the offensive staff as well. Like, I think that ultimately you just need to bring in guys who know what they're doing. And I don't know who floated this out there or where this came from. It but was me. It was you. Uh, Doug Marone. Like, people threw him around there. Is I think because O'Brien,
1: did he coach the O line at Alabama with, with O'Brien?
0: Might have, yeah. I mean, I think that would be great if they could get Doug Marone. Um, or
1: head coaching experience on the, on the, uh, on the in the in the room.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 just think that that's kind of what the Patriots need at this he, point. Is like he did, coach the O line.
1: Twenty twenty one in Alabama, so he did a year there after he was done with Jacksonville.
0: And what did he do last year?
1: He was the O line coach for the Saints might oh. still be as far as I know so they're okay. keeping their head coach uh so not sure how and that
0: I think works. they're keeping their offensive coordinator as well so I yeah I mean that seems kind of unlikely that they'd be able to get Doug and I doubt they signed him to a one-year contract um, yes so for, I guess ignore that I said that and I'm blaming whoever threw that out there as a possibility because yeah
1: how d- it wasn't me it wasn't me, me. How, yeah how dare they?
0: They made me look very stupid, and I don't appreciate it. How dare that. they? Um, but, yeah, I mean, Clem is offensive line coach. That's better than Matt Patricia and Billy Yates.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, that's a good point. Unless he leaves the team with two games left in the season. I Googled that while you were talking, and Tom, did you read Tomlin's explanation for it from last no, year? No. So they released a statement, um, and this is what Mike Tomlin said. We released a statement. The landscape that is coaching is changing each and every year. We see it. Decisions are being made earlier in the processes. Colleges, the processes are happening faster. People are making hires and so forth. The financial component in our business is making college football much more competitive. So we're all getting faced with challenges that we really weren't faced with in the past. We made the decision. I made the decision to allow Clem to move on to Oregon. I don't know. Yeah, you could take the (laughs) job, but why why do you have to leave the team? With two games left, rather Didn't they than make the playoffs the last season. year, the Pittsburgh Steelers they did.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> so
1: he, lost to the Chiefs.
0: A, <laughs> he left a playoff team two weeks, two weeks to go in the. They season. won their
1: last two games, including an overtime win in in week eighteen against the Ravens, and went to the playoffs where they got doors blown by the Chiefs. But still, that uh, that that explanation is a very Mike Tomlin. I'm not telling you. Answer. Right. Uh, he made it pretty clear though. Like. The, why he was leaving financially uh, but yeah he could have stayed and finished the job he didn't have to go to Oregon to be the run game coordinator in December he could have waited till G- January
0: right like that's the kind of weird thing about it. obviously they have to do recruiting and everything like that and maybe Adrian Clem is like an incredible recruiter so maybe they wanted to get him started on that early but like I don't know I mean <laughs> like Oregon wasn't playing games at that point when he left so I feel like Probably could have waited. I don't know. Weird situation. But yes. um if if I had to rank these guys, Bill O'Brien, definitely number one. Um maybe Sean Jefferson, Keenan McCardle, Adrian Clem, then Nick Kaylee. I don't know. So Kaylee is your, your bottom. Yeah, I, I feel you bad wanna, like you
1: want to flush last year.
0: I just I, I don't I don't know. Like I I think that he probably is highly regarded around the NFL, like all those things, but like and to some degree, it would actually be like kind of cool for Bill Belichick to be like, "Hands up, made a mistake. Should have named Nick Haley the offensive coordinator last year." But like, I just don't think you can necessarily go back on that at this point and be like, "Yeah, all right, we messed up, and the the answer was already in the building." I just I yeah. I don't think that that can be the the way you handle things.
1: Probably not. And it's probably better for Kaylee to go somewhere else at this point, based on how bad last year was and how difficult it would be to really have a reset and refresh having been a part of it it's it's probably for the best for him to find i don't know if the jets want him i don't know even if even if he ends up as a as a position coach somewhere it might advance his career better than staying here in an uncertain situation right but but the patriots are gonna need a coaching staff so they might need him
0: yeah like i think that i don't know because he's been a tight ends coach his entire career i think that at some point you have to move up to wide receivers or quarterbacks or running backs or something do something else, uh, to, to prove what you can do. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on the, uh, the offensive coordinator situation there's who's, who's interviewing tomorrow. Is it McCartell or, um, or Jefferson? Uh,
1: I don't remember. Once the Bill O'Brien interview news hit, it sort of lessened the the timeline urgency for me with everyone else, right. knowing that that one happened. I'm sure they'll finish the week. But remember the press release said this week they'll be getting the search. I, I wonder if it's a one-week excursion because the coaches need to get their vacations as as was planned.
0: That is true. And I think that this doesn't need to be like a, a three-week decision. I think that you can bring the guys in, talk to them, figure it out, and get someone on board. Because there's like, I don't know, just personally for me. So Bill O'Brien's out there recruiting right now for Alabama but he's got this interview with the Patriots. Like anytime that I've been in a situation where like, I know I'm, there's either like a possibility that I'm moving on for, from a job or like, I know I'm moving on from a job. I just like, don't give a crap about the job that I'm doing then at that point. Yeah. Especially recruiting. Like that's, right. that's a lot. Like for Bill O'Brien right now, he's probably just like, God damn it. I'm like, do I really have to like, be doing this right now?
1: Oh, what's Nick like? Nick is the best. Nick is a legend. <laughs> He has won a ton of games. You should just see him in person it's it's a whole thing. uh yeah, anyways, do you have any food for me?
0: Yeah, yeah you know what? Uh, I do have another
1: fun. thought. one is and it's not a correction, but you said Nick has only been a tight ends coach. He was the fullbacks coach for a couple years, and then they eliminated the position from the offense, so they didn't yes. need one anymore. so that was interesting um and then another thought Jeff Saturday has interviewed with the Colts. So there's a chance you lose out on him if the Colts hire him back as head coach. So
0: That'd be a, a
1: potential loss there. And lastly, just to tie a bow on last episode when we talked about uh, my not state, which we both mispronounced, as we learned on Twitter, it's my not state in oh, Snow College. Oh, you didn't oh. see yet? So we, didn't see two that. two different tweeters informed us that we pronounced it wrong, and I said eh, I disagree. My but not, my not,
0: my not, M I N O T is my not.
1: That's that's what I've been told unless I'm being pranked.
0: But Lord, Lord,
1: I just say with the Dolphins firing Josh Boyer, that is a heck of a climb from the South Dakota South Dakota School of Mines and Technology, which was where Josh Boyer was before joining the Patriots staff. And he was on the staff for a long time. I believe it was like almost 10 years or maybe maybe it was 10 years. Um, yeah. But, you know, it sucks getting fired being a defensive coordinator rocks, I'm sure. But to go from the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology to NFL Defensive Coordinator for a few years, that's cool. Shout out to what him. Can,
0: what kind of mines are we talking about here? Um, it's
1: not really for you to know, but the the team is called – Oh, it's like the Rockin' the Rockers. Har, the or Hard Rockers.
0: Oh, what a Dakota name. Mine. So South they blow Dakota up mines like mine.
1: South Dakota. Yeah, so it's
0: those kind of mines. I wasn't sure yeah, if Yeah, not like, not like landmines. Like an explosive or something. yeah. yeah. Is fascinating. There's a lot um, of stuff
1: I don't know about. Like Texas AM is what agricultural and mining. Oh, yeah. Right. And then there's of, other acronym schools or things like School of Mine. Like that stuff in the Northeast doesn't exist as far as I know. So I'm, I'm a bit
0: a lot of, a lot of uneducated schools. on it. I don't yeah. Know what they're teaching them there. Um, mining. Yeah. Josh Boyer on Patriot staff from 2006 to 2018. I did have a thought today when the Dolphins fired Josh Boyer um, and then also fired like Steve Gregory and Tyrone McKenzie and everything like that, that like it does feel like there's more options out there right now in the way of like defensive coaches, defensive coordinators, than there are in like potential offensive coordinators. I don't know. Okay. like – but it doesn't really help the Patriots because they already have a full defensive staff. But one other thought on the Patriots' defensive staff – I don't think anything's been finalized with Gerard Mayo yet, right?
1: No, um, I am treading lightly on making declarative statements on what we will and will not know about Gerard Mayo's status based on me getting blown up uh, (laughs) in the middle of our podcast. But I will say that the fact that they announced that and then he passed, not on the Cleveland interview, but the Carolina interview, when he's passing on head coaching interviews, that to me told me, All I needed to know, because you don't pass up head coach interviews unless unless you get word like in Mayo's case. And for it's obviously an unfortunate thing. And Brian Flores, lawsuit laid it out pretty bare. uh, Mm -hmm. If he got wind that he was only being considered because of, you know, satisfying the Rooney rule, then that would be I wouldn't show up to that interview either if that was the case. But short of that, um, which I don't think that was the case, because he is a, a very well regarded coach who has head coaching aspirations and who teams believe can be a head coach. Uh, that, that to me told me that the Patriots and Drod Mayo are, are set and good with whatever it may be.
0: Yeah. I'm just surprised that like it hasn't been finalized yet at this point because it's been like a week, week and a half, something like that at this point.
1: Yeah. But maybe they're waiting for like all the announcements in one, just like the last Correct. one was a two sentence sure. press release at the same time. Maybe they're trying to just say, here's the new offensive coordinator. Drod Mayo has a new position. Yeah. We'll talk to you in May.
0: Um, some light breaking news on here. I reached out to a, uh, a a potential Patriots offensive coordinator, I guess I would say. Uh, someone that I thought might be on, on on the short list there. Um, he has not had contact with the Patriots, but he said, seems like they'd want to stay in their same style with Billy O or Kaylee, I would guess. Hmm. So I don't know if, I don't know what that really means. I don't know how much this person would actually know about that, but, um, him throwing Kaylee in there I thought was kind of interesting. I still think it's gonna yeah. O'Brien. But
1: maybe Kaylee takes a step forward. I don't know what it may be, maybe quarterback's coach or something. Or I'm not sure. But right, I don't know he doesn't get
0: hired as like the Jets offensive coordinator. Yeah, I guess it would make sense for him to like try to move on to another team and like try to ascend up the ladder with someone else. But there is still like upward there's an upward trajectory for him within the Patriots staff. Like he could become the quarterback's coach. Sure.
1: I would just say I would like to be his agent because I think I could make a great case like, listen, last year was a disaster. Don't judge him on that. It wasn't right. him. He didn't get his chance. Now he's ready for it. So I, I think there's probably room here, but just as much room elsewhere. Um, I did want to add A&T was the acronym at the end of school. Uh, North Carolina A&T. Oh, yeah. That's agricultural and technical. So just wanted to, mm. to complete that thought. It was bugging me. But A. Are all of
0: are all of the AMs agricultural and mining?
1: How many AMs are there? I got Texas. There's a
0: Florida AM, right?
1: Yeah, there is. A M. That would be uh it's just you're not helping. Is me there out. a lot
0: of mining in Florida? Oh, agricultural I, oh, mechanical. And mechanical. Idiot. There we go. Wow. Texas
1: is that as well. So I'm an idiot. Wait, what... wait Texas is mechanical? Yeah.
0: Oh. Okay. Yeah. Wow, we're really learning a lot. Um this My is an educate we were
1: learning about all sorts of colleges, Minot State, Snow College, <laughs> South hate- Dakota School of Lands and Ti- Land whatever, landmines. I hate Call that pronunciation.
0: That. Minot? Yeah. That's like M I N O T. That's got to be like a French word, right?
1: Um, it's in the middle of the country, right? Ah. Yeah. Internet says me no, So we <laughs> oh, <laughs> got boy. problems. Oh boy. Oh boy. In North Dakota, I figure it could be a Native American term. Uh, there is a French word spelled me no. It refers to union management. It's pronounced me no. There's a city in North Dakota that has the same name, or at least they're spelled the same, mm. but it's pronounced my not. So the French word is me no. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of Scandinavians that settled in my not. This is a lot.
0: Wow. But my not, that's what they go with. All right. Have you ever been the... to North Dakota?
1: No. Have you?
0: I have. I've been to Fargo, North Dakota. Um... For what? Uh, when I was on tour with my band in 2009 oh. what was the venue was like describe months. the venue to me I'm trying to think of what it was in in North Dakota it was like first of all Fargo North Dakota is like a very weird city like I think it's a pretty big city in North Dakota but it feels very small mm. I think it was probably some sort of like art center or something no mm. maybe yeah it was like some sort of art center that we played in or something like that I think uh it was my birthday I got stung by a Happy bee. birthday. Um and then Michael Jackson and Farrah Fawcett died, wow. So it was an eventful day when I was
1: memorable, except for the details of Fargo. But that's understandable when you are living in a van, driving through North Dakota and other places.
0: We stayed with like some people who either like put on the show or like were there or something like that, and it was my birthday. And the they the person either like happened to have an ice cream cake in their freezer or like maybe. As one, sort of, like, As one does. As one does. that's that's what I thought happened. But now I'm thinking about it. it was like, no, someone like probably set that up. To, so that do you not that, always like, have a birthday. Carvel
1: like a nice, at least a little round one just in case <laughs> it an, was, an like, event happens. It was just
0: one of the little round ones <laughs> with but but yeah, the yeah, electric blue,
1: blue icing around the edge. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, I got one of those um, once uh, when I were, I was a lifeguard, and uh, my coworker got an, a Carvel ice cream cake for me on my birthday. I have a summer birthday. It's great summer ice cream cake she asked the uh, fella at the cake counter could you just write happy birthday lifeguard Mike on there and he was like uh, lifeguard. could you do it so he had her do it instead because the <laughs> the spelling was was a challenge that's
0: wow you know yeah, what that that you before a a before U, that can get you yeah, okay. yeah. he doesn't get paid you
1: know, extra for that so why, it's never why worry about me
0: but I, I would imagine that we get someone else at some point yeah um, I mean
1: it's, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure you ever write on a cake I haven't so no no, no judgment.
0: I, I don't think I have. Um, yeah, we also... That, that was my 23rd birthday. I think we played a basement show in Nebraska either, I think, like the day before. And we did a cover of What's My Age Again. So that was fun. Nice.
1: Too. Nice. This yep. is a good time to announce that this whole podcast is just a cover for us starting a band. Uh, <laughs> yes. Once we get three more people, it's really going to... I feel like mid to late 30s is when you really want to get back into the scene. Yeah. Um, I am awful at drums now. I just keep getting worse. I probably couldn't keep a beat, or I definitely couldn't keep time very well. But I think now's the time. So this is an yeah. open call. We're going to need another guitar, a bassist, maybe some keys.
0: Yeah. Someone who
1: knows what they're doing. Yep. Ooh, singing. Who needs no one to? likes singing anymore. No one likes singing.
0: At least a lyricist. I can I can write about football. I can't write lyrics. I've never Never been a big lyric writer. No. Personally. Same. Same. Um, but uh anything else on your mind? Patriots are playing in Germany. I think we already knew that, but it was formally announced today.
1: Yeah. Um, Doesn't do a whole lot for me, but I'm sure fans that like to go to games are bummed there's one that won't be here, but it is what it is.
0: How many did the Patriots have an extra home game last next year? Yes. Okay. So now they've got 8, eight. and 8 plus the one in Germany.
1: But if it goes like this year, then fans will probably be happy to have one less burden to, to deal with, though. Uh, that was a joke. I'm just kidding. The Patriots are going to be fine next year. They're going to have better coaching. Everything's going to be great. You'll enjoy your time again. But, I don't know. The international games, the, the most exciting part for me is watching them in the morning. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's a morning one, because Brady's game in Germany was in the morning, right? I believe that was yeah, a nice... I believe so. Yes. 8.30, a.m. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love the 9.30 game. Yeah. I, I did laugh. It was... Well, yes, it was definitely a 9.30 game, because it was Buccaneers Seahawks. And that meant that the Seahawks players were playing that game at 6.30 a.m. local time. Mm, and Seahawks fans had to wake up at 6.30 a.m. to watch that game. Like, yeah. 9.30 is fun. Well, it's like, oh, cool, I get to watch football for like 15 hours now rather than 12 or whatever. I don't know. I'm doing the math wrong there. Sure. But like, waking up at 6.30 a.m. to watch a football game is no. kind of brutal.
1: No. No sympathy for me because their Sunday and Monday night games end at 8.30 every week. They can live normal lives. Uh, No sympathy that they had to wake up once when I'm up until 12, 15 a.m. watching the Seahawks and the Cardinals miss field goals and go to overtime on Monday Night Football, and I have an illness so I can't go to sleep, and I have to watch every down. No sympathy on that.
0: What was the game this weekend that went on for four hours? Was that Bills-Dolphins?
1: Yeah, they had to delay the start of Giants-Vikings. Because that game was, it was halftime at three p.m. It went to halftime. Yeah, halftime's usually at two. Yeah, like, that, that was insane. And there's no great reason other than there was a lot no. of passing. There wasn't much running. There was, there was. That's a new word. I feel like the first two drives were three and out, so it was like three and out commercial. Three right. and out commercial. Maybe the third drive was a three and out commercial too. There was, there was no
0: turnovers. There was reviews. There was reviews. But it's not like there were, it's not like the quarterbacks was were throwing still like six interceptions. Right. It's a football game. Like I did not understand that. I I I, I don't know. It's ended. I don't really pay attention to time when I'm watching football games, but that one I was like very aware of it being like this game is taking forever.
1: Yeah. That was tough. It ended at like four fifty, didn't it?
0: Uh oh, yeah. time of
1: game, three hours and fifty three minutes. So when did that four
0: fifty three? That it ended is crazy. Like, they they pushed back the next game. And yeah. it still ended yes. after that, game that other game started. Yeah, I was like, yeah. this sucks. I mean, personally, I don't really like the 30-minute break in between games and the playoffs. Um, it's just like, well, what am I going to do for 30 minutes right now? It's tough. So you did that the dishes. part, eh, I, yeah, I guess. So um, they had
1: uh, 46 combined rushes in that game and 84 combined passes. So it was skewed, but not insanely yeah. so.
0: That was wild. Um, yeah,
1: that was that was tough. Uh, my other thought, I don't know, it's way too early to do draft talk, but just thinking about the Patriots and and how they move if they're picking at 14. Like what's your what's your initial thought on just position that they need to target
0: no matter what. Uh, tackle. I, I know Me it's too. boring. Yeah. But, but like I Isaiah Wynn's I guess like for the Patriots, who the hell knows what happens with Isaiah Wynn like if any team would bring back like an underperforming first-round pick who just had a really weird season, it would be the Patriots. Like, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for that to happen. But, like, you just need more certainty there between the Trent Brown situation, Isaiah Wynn. Like, you need to get your next franchise left tackle, I think.
1: Right. No, and I agree. And I did some research this week. Like, the number one guy on everyone's list is Peter Skaronsky. Great name. Big fella at Northwestern, which is... Rashawn Slater came out of Northwestern, right? So, I think he benefited from... Slater's profile. Mm-hmm. He might not be big enough. He's six four. He might not be the pro he's more like Isaiah Wynn sort of that in between size, right. which might scare people off, but seems like he's a bit more fundamental. But there are two Joneses, and that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Broderick Jones from Georgia, and uh there was another Jones. Um uh, forgetting it. Dewan Jones from Ohio State. Could add more Joneses to the roster, which I think is appealing. But
0: Yeah, Um, Patriots
1: need more Joneses. I agree. They need to re-sign Jonathan and then get to work. But I'm not evaluating the guys. And just like when you look at their film in the clips on Twitter, like if they get blown up once, everyone's like, look at this guy. Or if they blow up, if they pop out on a screen and kill a defensive back, everyone's like, watch this. And it's like, okay, that's just completely irrelevant to the point. But it seems like there's a lot of not necessarily first-round guys. So right. I think tackles the most important position, but they might be able to maybe move down in the 20s and get a guy there and then pick up a second or third round pick. So still still early, but I've been thinking about the draft. I feel like it's tackle because you're nothing without tackles at all.
0: I, I mean, I know that this has been talked about ad nauseum on Sports Talk Radio, TV shows, everything like that, but I did an article this week about the NFC East teams that have all – kind of ascended this year and the eagles cowboys and giants all still in the playoffs like the eagles essentially their entire offense was drafted by philadelphia like jalen hurts miles sanders uh Devontae smith dallas goddard and their entire offensive line everyone but aj brown talents. everyone but aj brown on offense is homegrown and it's pretty much the same thing with the cowboys too where everyone other than jason peters was drafted by the Cowboys. And sometimes I do think that like it's kind of overblown, the Patriots drafting issues, things like that. But then when I look at that, I'm like, wow, entire offenses are homegrown talent. And like the majority or like their best defensive players also are homegrown talent. Yeah. Then I do kind of take a step back and like, yeah, this team definitely needs to draft better. <laughs> like Yeah, for the Patriots
1: it's it... what? It's Mac Jones, it's Jacoby Myers, it's the running backs. I mean not the tight ends, no. Not Trent Brown, no. Your interior, uh, your interior is homegrown. Actually, your right tackle too. So not the left tackle, and then the receivers, except for Thornton and Myers, are out, right. outside guys. And
0: even like, I I hate to play this game, but I mean, yeah, I no, do. St- I do still think the Patriots deserve credit for like signing Jacoby Myers and David Andrews as undrafted. Absolutely, yeah. But they also weren't like drafted by the patriots i don't think it like makes a significant difference but it's not like those guys were like third round picks or something. i don't know and i think it's yeah. it's like a different scouting method you you still find a really good player you find him a huge bargain and in some ways it's definitely more valuable but i also think that like like drafting a player who's useful in the second or third round like maybe speaks to your scouting. yeah better you know what i mean yeah, i would
1: say don't don't use Andrews and JC Jackson and Malcolm Butler as, as demerits to their process. Use, use all those missed wasted second round picks on, uh, defensive backs that never played, be it going back to Razai Dowling all the way through Duke Dawson, Cyrus, Cyrus, like there's like seven second round defensive backs, uh, which Joe, you know, there's a lot. So that I think, I think, what I'm not trying to make your point for you, but to me, it's it's less. Yeah. Oh well, they didn't draft him. It's more well, you missed on some guys on some spots that could have really, right. really boosted things there. Uh, I'm yeah, missing like someone
0: Jordan Richards, Jordan Richards. Oh, Jordan you. Richards.
1: That was a bad one.
0: But no, it's, yeah, and it's like Devin Asiasi. it's Salton Keen. Like, I, I think yeah. That...
1: You could be better if you made better picks and signed those on. Under-
0: and yeah. still found. Like, it doesn't need to be either or, I guess that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. And, like, yeah. I, but but it, I, there's what still your talents.
1: Like, it's been better the past couple yes. of years. Yeah. So, which is good. But I don't know if that goes into your spilt milk corollary of Nick Cayley saying, well, okay, it's good now. Why wasn't it good then? Maybe you're being too much of a contrarian or risk. Or res- Ah, this is a tough one. I'm gonna to try to say it. Eight, not a what's the word? A revisionist. I want to say. Mm. I almost said recidivist, and that's not it. It's it's revisionist. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough job drafting. But when you can point to examples of teams thriving because of their good drafting, then you're doing a better job than most.
0: No, definitely. And like I yeah, and the Patriots have been better at drafting, and it'll certainly help if Josh Uche continues to play well. That would kind of salvage that 2020 class. Like if you get Dugger. Uche and Onwenu from that class, like that's looking mm. pretty good. Um, Can I ask you then, a
1: question? Can we go yeah. honest, honest uh, trust tree here? Yeah. And for Jennings, linebacker. Yeah. Did you know? I want to get the number right. I don't want to. I don't want to just throw it out there. Did you know that he took thirty point three percent of the defensive snaps this year?
0: Um, I think did you know I that? did only because that's like something that I looked at recently. Well, I, I would
1: say, I would say this during the year, would you have estimated him to have taken a third of the defensive snaps?
0: Probably not.
1: Would you? That took me by surprise. No. When I saw the number at the end of the year, I was kind of perplexed because that's a lot higher than I would have guessed. There was rare moments where I said, Oh, Anthony Jennings. There he so, is.
0: I think that Anthony Jennings, like, Obviously Bill Belichick 99.99999% of the time knows more about football than I do. When the mm-hmm. Patriots drafted Anthony Jennings,
1: that was a little low. I would I would go I would add another few nines.
0: But, <laughs> add yeah. a few more nines. When the Patriots drafted Anthony Jennings, I was like watching him at Alabama and at the senior bowl and everything. I was like that is a very slow human being. Like okay. he does not run to the sideline very fast. And the Patriots really tried to make Anthony Jennings an off-ball linebacker. And I was like, that's really weird because Anthony Jennings was really good at Alabama as an edge defender, and speed matters less at edge defender than it does at off-ball linebacker. Um, And he was a really good run defender at Alabama as an edge defender. And then for basically two years, the Patriots were like, no, he's going to be an off-ball linebacker. Then this year, they finally moved him to the edge, and he played 33% of the snaps or whatever it was that he played. It's one of those situations where it's like, I don't know. I don't know why the Patriots do weird things sometimes. And, and yeah, try to, I, like, like fit a square peg into a round hole. I don't know. And
1: they kind of... I think there was, like, some sell jobs. Cameron McGrone being the biggest, with Mac Groh right. saying he was, like, an extra draft pick this year. Didn't really pan out. Right. I feel like there was some some pumping of Raekwon McMillan as a sort of game changer type. And I think Raquan McMillan was fine when you saw yeah. him out there, but wasn't exactly a, a, a game changing type of player. So I don't know. I, I, maybe Anthony Jennings fits in that where they were trying to make it happen. But I, that was just something yeah. in terms of young players that were drafted that that one when the season ended, I saw the number. I was a little bit, I would have guessed under 20, but it was yeah. over 30.
0: Um, what do you think about a wide receiver in the first round?
1: it's probably not the best idea uh when you've got tackle problems i'd almost this is i go against this if i if i'm going to pick an offensive spot there i might go tight end over wide receiver hmm. because you saw it this year when one guy gets hurt you have one tight end when both guys get hurt you have none so there's a need for depth there you've run about 10 guys through that position since 2019 and cycled them all out and no one's yeah. really stuck. So I, I hate the idea of spending a high pick on a tight end. That isn't Rob Gronkowski or Travis Kelsey, but if you want a functional offense, it might be important to do so.
0: Yeah. I. That's an interesting point. Um Tight ends are weird. I feel like like the hit rate on first round tight ends, is kind of all over the place to some degree. Um, yeah. And then like I don't know, I've got a friend who's a Lions fan who texts me all the time about Brock Wright. And it's like Brock Wright was like an undrafted free agent and the Lions like and he was like replicating TJ Hawkinson in that offense in the second half of the year. So like it's kind of a position where I would almost like take a tight end in the fourth round every year and just like Mm. wait to hit on one. And that's something the Patriots have not done in the past at all. They basically never take tight ends in the draft. But I would just like take some dart throws on tight ends and hope that one of them hits. Um, unless there's, like, a surefire guy in the first round that you can find. But, like, I don't know, just think about, like, Noah Fant and Evan Ingram and, like, even Hawkinson. Hawkinson's good, but as a first-round tight I don't know. Yeah. O.J. Howard. I would agree. Yeah, O.J. Howard didn't work out that well. Even What's like crazy? Pitts.
1: Well, like, hey, he was, like, the sure thing. He was the greatest right. tight end of all time, and he had the rookie season to back it up. And then this year, I don't know what the hell was going on there. I don't play fantasy, yeah. but – uh you screwed up. You don't up, play fantasy. No. Wow.
0: That's interesting. I play that's I play
1: real life, brother. Really? I play real life. Yeah. What Not real life them? football. I don't play real life. That would be I, I get injured walking up the stairs. So that would
0: be a bad idea for me.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh Pitts going from a thousand yards to three hundred yards was uh a bit shocking. But yeah, yeah, Cole Komet, did you mention him? Uh in terms of high draft picks where it's kinda like right. I don't know. Yeah, and even when like, that's...
0: like Pat Firemouth has been like good. Yeah. But I, like tight ends, it's so. Well, that's a great spot. He was fifty fifth right? He was
1: fifty fifth. So I think that's a, yeah. probably a better spot than top twenty, right? But I don't know. It's uh, yeah. it's it's not my best idea. But you asked why if I would if I was picking receiver or tight end, I'd probably go tight end. But do you think I wouldn't go they, either?
0: Do you think they need to add a wider like a high end wide receiver in some facet this off season?
1: Need. To win a Super Bowl, yeah. But do I think they're going to win a Super Bowl? No. <laughs> right. If they were to replace Aguilar with someone better and have be Parker, if you were able to sign Myers, I still don't know what his market is going to look like.
0: That's a thing. I think he's going to be um, expensive.
1: I think a guy like Myers is more important than a guy like, say, Hopkins. Just I think we've been conditioned to that. That's a New England thing. No one else would say that. But someone who can move the chains and keeps drive keep drives alive is important to winning. So, yeah. like a guy like Hopkins, and there's so many like quarterback wins are, are a dumb stat for the large part. So I'm not going to say wide receiver wins, but he has been one of the best receivers in the league for seven years. Hasn't done a whole lot of winning, so sure. I'm not I'm not making an A to A. He's the reason why they're not winning. But I think the point is you need like a guy like Edelman was carrying the offense for a long time because he could run on third and six. He could run little return routes and option routes and get open and catch the ball and keep the ball in possession of the Patriots. So I would, I'm not answering your question directly, but do they need a big number one guy? I almost think a guy like Myers is more important and then you upgrade Aguilar and you'll be all right. I mean, provided Kendrick Bourne comes back, which I assume he will. Right. I I think that's a decent, like they never had the best receiving core this year, but they had a decent one. It wasn't 26th offense worthy. I would say that.
0: I No, I agree with that. I I do think that – this is probably a dumb thought. This is probably not my smartest thought. I kind of think that they were, like, hindered by the fact that they had five wide receivers who were all around the same talent level this Mm -hmm. season. Like, obviously, Myers is better than the rest of the group. But, like, if you don't have a clear-cut – like, these are our top two wide receivers. And then when we're in 11 personnel, like, this is our clear-cut best number three wide receiver – Because then you're getting into the game of like, all right, like Kendrick Bourne is randomly replacing Nelson Aguilar, like Tyquan Thornton is randomly replacing Devontae Parker. Like, I don't think that your offense can really gel that well if you're constantly mixing and matching wide receivers the way that the Patriots were this season. And I think it's tough to do that because like who's under contract next year? It's Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton and kendrick born right mm-hmm. so you've already got three guys who are around the same talent level and then you're probably either going to bring back jacoby myers or sign someone else or draft someone else like i think they're probably going to be in the same position next year and i don't know it's probably a dumb thought but no no i don't think it i is, think it, that it, that's a position where like you don't want five of the same guy or five of the same like same talent level
1: well i would say it's it, it was hard for them to established clear-cut roles like you think yeah. back to the last super bowl the patriots won or during those runs you knew what edelman did you knew what hogan did you right. knew what Amendola did you knew you knew what the, even when josh gordon came in it was the, he had a role yeah. for that 10 game stretch but it was easier delineations whereas this one it seemed like all the deep routes Bourne got in 2021 went to parker this year right or thornton uh when when he got those routes they, they didn't know how to use Thornton. They had Thornton running like yeah. five yard outs, which if you have a speed guy, that's not right. my primary. In Madden, like 2003, you could get away with like a, a slot, a slot guy running an out and turning it into a touchdown. In real life, I play real football, buddy. That doesn't work. <laughs> uh, and, and so Bourne was sort of Aguilar's backup. Right. And I don't think you're getting much when that's your setup, to your point. Well,
0: it's also like when Amandola was here, there were years when he would only play like 40% of snaps. But that's because he was like a smaller kind of injury prone like on the older side. Like, I don't think, obviously in an ideal world, like you would have the five best wide receivers in the world and like number four and five would be your backups or whatever. But like that doesn't really work in real life. That works on paper to have Kendrick Bourne playing a backup role. But like he's not going to be happy. People are going to be questioning why he's not playing. There's going to be confusion. Like I think that Ideally, you'd like to have, I don't know, like it's it is like a fantasy thing where like you don't want five, number two or three wide receivers. (laughs) You want like a clear cut number one, a clear cut number two, and then like clear cut backups or whatever. I don't know. I'm not explaining this very well, but I I think that collectively we've done it it pretty well. But like you don't want a starting caliber wide receiver being forced into a backup role because it, it just it doesn't work team wise. I don't know. You know. And
1: you probably need different skill sets. Like the guys I mentioned. Right. Throw in like Philip Dorsett had a specific right. skill set. Uh, Brandon LaFell I, oh, had a different skill Brandon set. Remember Cooks, Brandon Cooks came in for right. a year. He'd yeah. run 15-yard comeback routes until the cows came home and would right. spring a deep one every now and like he, there, No one else did what he did. And yeah. this year it felt like if Parker went down, they would use Aguilar in that role yeah. and have Bourne be Aguilar. They couldn't figure out the word. And so maybe it speaks to the wide receiver coach. I think it more speaks to the offensive coordinator, not a Matt Patricia podcast. We've moved on; it's 2023. But I think that is something that
0: I'll never move on.
1: Th- their situation, I-, I would say, Myers isn't more important to them than he's going to be for anyone else.
0: Yeah, that's um, probably true. I is it weird that it's hard to find like Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, Troy Brown, Wes Walker? Like, is it weird? That uh, it's hard to no, find that player? because
1: because and it's not to say. I mean, I respect the hell out of those guys; they were tough as balls. They were better than people gave them credit for. So I don't mean to even say this to discredit it, but those guys are easier to find when you have Tom Brady working with them.
0: Right. Yeah. In
1: Montana in the off season, working with them, relying on them, and trusting them. But I, I think they're better than they get credit for. Because like I, I think to the Jacksonville AFC Championship game, third and seventeen, whatever it was, who runs to the sticks, runs across the field, secures Brady's pass. It's Danny Amendola. Like these guys had it. And maybe, you know, because they're white, because they're little, it was sort of dis- like they were gritty and hardworking and whatnot and all the cliches. Maybe that was overlooked, and the Patriots sort of, I don't want to say lucked into it, but the Patriots evaluated them and, and used them, and Brady certainly saw it, and that's why they became his guys. So I think the quarterback plays a significant role in that
0: Yeah, shining yeah, I think through, though it's,
1: it's, it's a lot easier and, to do everything with Tom Brady.
0: And like the Patriots – tried to find those guys for years and years and years with like TJ Moe and Riley McCarran and like, TJ Josh Moe voice. Yeah. TJ Moe. I don't, you have no I don't know who that Moe? is. No. I think it was 2013 undrafted free agent, maybe out of Missouri. TJ Moe. Okay.
1: No, it doesn't yeah. ring a bell.
0: <laughs> wow. I must've been TJ busy Moe that summer. Just, just eliminated from your brain. That's okay. Um, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean they tried over like even Gunner, like Gunner didn't work. Barrios. That's a lot of white white
1: receivers there, but
0: yeah, they're not um, all the same. Austin Carr didn't work out, yeah, but no, like I think it is kind of a hard role to find. But like ideally, the Patriots, especially if they bring in Bill O'Brien, would have Wes Welker in their offense. But I, that's not like typically that's not someone that you can just like find and plug in in the second or third round. You know, I don't know. It's easier to find that that slot guy than it. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. Easier said than done.
1: Yeah, agreed. And without an OC, it all kind of blurs together. So hopefully the next time we talk, there will be some uh, resolution on that and yes. they can move forward because the speculation and the answer. I, I don't know. I, I, it feels like it's only been a week. It feels like it's been a month since that press release came out. And as right. teams were doing interviews and firings and all that, and like Monday and Tuesday, and there was nothing from the Patriots, yeah, It was getting a little tense, so things moved pretty quickly, I would say, and they did. I would I would anticipate they wrap it up.
0: I think probably by the time we record next, we'll have an answer at offensive coordinator, and it will probably be Bill O'Brien. Um, and once again, I think that's the best solution. All right, anything else you want to say?
1: 60 seconds. Uh, let's look at one playoff game because it relates to the Patriots, Bill's oh, Bengals. Yeah. First of all, the game should probably be at a neutral site. The Bengals kind of got hosed there. If I agree. the yeah. NFL wanted to make things fair. But anyways, yes. I kind of like the Bengals in this one. I, I think agree. there is an emotional fatigue with Buffalo that has to be wearing on them. Mm. Um, going back to Thanksgiving with the snowstorm, having to play in Detroit, having to go back to Detroit in a short week. They had three primetime games in five weeks. They had the DeMar Hamlin thing, obviously the most devastating part of it, and staving off, you know, holding their position. They have seen the whole time, having Super Bowl expectations since last January. I think... There's a chance they're ripe, and the Bengals having like an A, nobody believes in us, and nobody wants us to be here, and the league wants the Bills to win, that is a dangerous element to give to a reigning AFC champ. So ah, it's going to be a last-minute type thing. I still kind of think the Bills pull it out, but the Bengals are the Bengals going to be feisty and could disrupt the whole AFC playoff picture.
0: I think the Bengals are pissed off, and mm-hmm. I actually do think the Bengals win. And some of that is... Josh Allen is, like, kind of broken right now. Mm-hmm. Not, like, fully broken because he still has, like, four throws a game that no one else in the world can make. But he had two interceptions, three fumbles, and lost one fumble in last week's game
1: mm-hmm.
0: that the Bills should have annihilated the Dolphins and wound up winning yes. by three points. The the Bills should have annihilated the Patriots and mm-hmm. without two kick returns for touchdowns might not have won that game. Um, the Bills are on like an eight-game winning streak, but over these last few weeks, like including that first quarter against the Bengals, they just haven't totally looked like themselves. Um, yep. So I'd be a little bit concerned about that game if I were a Bills fan. And I think the biggest issue there right now for Buffalo, and this sounds kind of absurd to say, is that like the playmakers in the Bills offense— are not as good as they were even last year like Gabe Davis is kind of underperformed Isaiah McKenzie hasn't stepped up like he was expected to they have to bring back Cole, uh, Cole Beasley out of retirement um I was looking at that today Josh Allen has thrown 15 or 16 receptions this season something like that six have been on targets to Gabe Davis three to Dawson Knox two to Isaiah McKenzie Stephon Diggs is number four in the NFL on targets. And Josh Allen has only thrown one interception on those targets. to He's Stephon Diggs. Good. So it's like Stephon Diggs and then everyone else. And I think that that's kind of rearing its ugly head um, for the Bills. Kind of similar to when it, on the Chiefs, it was like Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and no one else. But it's even worse for Buffalo because it, it's mm. basically just Stephon Diggs and no one else right now.
1: Yeah, well well thought out. That was more than a minute for both of us, so I lied. But yeah. That's a that's a that's a juicy game. I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy that game. I think that's and there's implications because we take things for granted, Super Bowl windows and whatnot, being a yeah. New England based thought, right. but you made it to the AFC championship game last year. You blew a lead with 17 seconds left. There's no guarantee you get back there. You know, it's hard to to sustain in this league. And I think Sean McDermott got hot headed and wrong. Remember last, he wanted he he was pissed that they didn't review the Steph Diggs one handed catch. Right when first view, yeah, it looked like a catch, but then second view, clearly he didn't have it until the second foot was up in the air to burn a timeout. And that so like in in big games, he runs hot and makes mistakes. And yeah. I don't know. There's a there's a chance if they don't win this game that the this window, whatever it may be, right? Whoop, whoop, whoop! whoop. whoop. Oh boy, I might be dead. <clears throat> I'm Uh-oh. muted. I don't even know. I hit a button.
0: No, I can hear you.
1: Oh, there's volume buttons on my microphone. Um,
0: and if the Bengals win, oh, sick. The, the Chiefs have like eight losses over the last two years, something like that. And I think three of them have come to the Bengals. So that sounds right. Bengals are tough. Bengals are tough for the Chiefs as well. Joe Burrow's tough. Bengals are tough. Yep.
1: yep. So, fun game. We won't do yep. all the games. Uh, actually, I'll do no. San Francisco Dallas real quick. San Francisco mm-hmm. by 30.
0: Done. Whoa. All right, that's brave. Um, what's the other uh, Eagles, Giants? Eagles are going to annihilate the Giants. Um, I
1: don't think it's going to be an annihilation. Um, the Giants are they, so tough, but the Eagles are so much better than them.
0: I think the Giants, like talent-wise on paper, might be one of the least talented teams that has ever made the divisional round of the playoffs. But Brian Dable is a good coach. Like They're making it work, but like pure talent-wise on that roster, it's like it's crazy. I, I don't know. Well, that's my take on that
1: do we do trust tree one last time yeah um how familiar were we with Isaiah Hodgins as a player before last
0: weekend the bill well that's kind of funny the bills cut him in November mm. yeah. <laughs> like the bills could use Isaiah Hodgins right now
1: <laughs> yeah well I'll tell you not someone I was super up on like no. I would have had to go to the pro football ref page to, yeah. to really read up on him and he had what a hundred some odd yards
0: 111 touchdown eight catches i think Something like great that.
1: story we should have or we should yeah anyways uh yeah the Giants. it would also be fun if the,
0: if the jaguars beat the chiefs i don't think it's gonna happen but i think no. the jaguars right now are like plus 3500 to win the super bowl it's like
1: yeah uh, i mean the chiefs aren't unbeatable i think they're gonna roll it's funny I, I, The the jaguars they had a I'm going to do another big word, anomalous loss to the Lions. They lost by 26. But other than that, all of their losses have been by 10 points or fewer. Right. But the 10-point one was at Kansas City. And I feel like that's probably as good as they can do.
0: Yeah. No, that's probably true. But last
1: week week showed none of this is worthwhile. None of these expectations are worthwhile. But I think we learned chaos is what's going to happen.
0: Very true. All right. Well, we will probably be back with you guys again on either Sunday night or Monday, something like that. We, if the Patriots made an OC hire by Sunday night, then we'll probably record a podcast then. If not, maybe we'll try to wait it out to do one on Monday, but thanks for listening. Uh, if you're still listening at this point, leave a review, rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Um, I continue if you hung on this long, we're doing it. I'll yeah.
1: drop the scoop. Tom Brady is signing his contract right now to join the Patriots. So thanks for hanging on. I held it till the all very right. end.
0: That's it's huge. incredible. Make it's sure not even have... free agency yet. It's
1: illegal. Make sure to <laughs>
0: aggregate that, Michael. Yep, you Hillary heard it, Pat's chat yep.
1: podcast. It's it's not. It's going to be tampering all that, but tamper Brady <laughs> is back, back.
0: He's a, they're actually right. going
1: to let him play this week for the Patriots. Wow. I'll just keep huge. going until you stop me. So carry on. Okay.
0: All right. Bye.